as parents, we're led to believe that we should be doing, and that word should, oh, it's like a bad word for me. Yeah. Um, they might put explicit on this episode just because we're using the <laughs> word should so much. But it is this feeling that parents should be doing all these things. And if they fall short of that, then somehow they're not a good enough parent. They're not a successful parent. They're not a a modern parent. And, And it's just like, oh my gosh, can we just put the brakes on that and let's just change our perception of what is connection. Is your child's challenging behavior leaving you feeling exhausted, defeated, and hopeless? You are not alone. And I want you to know you are not a failure and your child is not broken. Welcome to Calm the Chaos Parenting, the podcast for parents raising strong-willed, highly sensitive, or neurodivergent children. I'm Dana Abraham, parenting expert, and I have helped hundreds of thousands of families just like yours. Each week, I'll share simple science-backed solutions to help you feel more grounded, in tune, and deeply connected to your child, no matter what challenge you face. Start your journey from surviving to thriving as a family at CalmTheChaosPodcast.com. I want to dispel the myth that connection is the number one tool to getting the behavior you want out of your kids. I hear this all the time, that if we want our kids to act the way we want them to, then we have to connect before we correct, or we have to spend one-on-one time with our kids. And I find that that actually causes more problems than actually helping things out. What do you think? Uh, Well, I think that it is one part of the equation, Hmm. uh, for sure. And I think that what most people have in their head for connection time uh, is this very idyllic, like Pinterest perfect version, right? Like Disney princesses with forest animals tweeting in the background (laughs) connection. Yeah, I think that connection, you know, don't get me wrong. Absolutely. I mean, connection is a huge part of what we teach here at Calm the Chaos. It's one of our four elements in our Calm the Chaos framework. And, and so connection is super important, but I think you're right. I think there's this idea of what connection is. And without digging into that, we get this idea that we should be playing with all eight of our kids individually for 15 minutes a day, or we should be spending this quality time with no other distractions, nothing else going on every single day. Otherwise, we are ruining our relationship with our kids. And I think it puts a lot of pressure on modern parents, especially parents who are single, parents who have their own neurodivergence, parents who are you know, just struggling to get through a day because they're dealing with so much overwhelm and so much stress already that it feels almost like this impossible task to be able to connect with their kids in the amount that parenting experts are asking them to when it comes to comes to having a better relationship with them. And then on the flip side, If we're using connection as this bait and switch to, oh, I'm going to connect with you just to get behavior I want. I mean, our kids can see right through that (laughs) and no amount of connection is actually going to change the situation if we're only doing it for this end purpose to get what we want versus building a more trusted, safe environment for our kids. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Uh, 
I never even thought about that because I'm I'm not like a super disingenuous human. Right? So like, it I wasn't mean, even in my like. Always with realm. good intentions. I just think that our kids, especially our incredibly sensitive kids, they re- feel right through it. Sure. And I feel like I just made sense of like seven people that I know that's like, (laughs) oh, that's why I don't like when you do that. (laughs) Um, And so I think what I want to do in this episode is really talk about this big kind of like fear or challenge that I hear from people when they they hear about I want to be more respectful. I want to be more connected. I want to use gentle parenting, but I just don't have time to connect with my kids. And it's a really valid concern. And so I thought we could go over today, kind of apply our Calm the Chaos framework to this challenge and talk to some of those challenges of being stressed out, busy, not having a lot of time in your day. How can you still connect with your kids, even if those are the truths or what's going on in your life right now? The best way to put it, like there's this current in society, right? Like a like a river current, like a flow. Uh, and it feels like um, on one hand, it's we have to have this sort of idyllic connection, right? Like I'm, I'm picturing like sound of music. There's like the motherly figure. I've never seen it. So don't, if I get the details oh my wrong, gosh, forgive you've me. You've never seen sound of music? No. Oh, but- we should definitely watch that. <laughs> it's so good. I mean, you think you're singing Scuttlebutt a lot? <laughs> you would sing the songs from... Yeah, oh, it's the hills, so good. The hills are alive, right? That's about That's all I know. That's not even the best one. But like, what I can picture is like this woman frolicking on like a a, a countryside seascape. <laughs> Everything is green. The children are marching along, singing, right? And there, there's that, right? It's just on on your left hand, right? Yeah. And on the on the right hand, we have well, you have to put them in soccer, and they have to do art, and they have to be well rounded. So we should also put them into drama, and then also the singing classes because that will help with the drama. And then we should put them in dance because that will help them when they play soccer. I see a lot of that, but that's this, like, those are the extremes. But what I see where people get stuck is we have to sit down for family dinner every night, or we have to go on family bike rides every Saturday morning, or we have to have this dedicated family time. And if one thing goes off, then it's like, great, we can't even connect as a family because the board game's gonna fly at somebody's head. That's where where I was gonna go, exactly, but I, I wanted to put this part, this next part in because there's a third hand. And then that third hand is, it's no longer a like single income society, mm. right? Most people have to have dual income to make ends meet mm. now, mm-hmm. right? Or have like the lifestyle that they want. Then you add in exactly what you're talking about. Well, now I'm working husband is working or spouse or partner is working, right? Kids have 14 different things they're doing plus homework. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to go for the bike rides and we're supposed to go for the ice cream and we're supposed to have nine hour games of Monopoly. My head is swirling just even listing off these things. And they're such common things that as as parents, we're led to believe that we should be doing. And that word should, ugh, it's like a bad word for me. Um, They might put explicit on this episode just because we're using the (laughs) word should so much. But it is this feeling that parents should be doing all these things. And if they fall short of that, then somehow they're not a good enough parent. They're not a successful parent. They're not a, you know, a a modern parent. And, And it's just like, oh my gosh, can we just put the brakes on that? And let's just change our 
perception of what is connection. And then let's make a plan to make this doable in the smallest bite-sized pieces. Yeah. Maybe, Maybe this is why we're banned in Australia. Because we said should? Yeah. Maybe. We're banned in Australia? Oh, on, on Google Podcasts. On Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts would not play our work. I don't know. It's very strange. If it was the work day that I said the S word or I don't know. The should word. Yeah. It could have been the B- Big D episode. <laughs> Who knows? Sorry. Sorry to, to I just popped you in my head. Squirreled us. To, okay. to bring us back, the guilt that happens. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And shame. Right. The guilt and the shame that, that appears after that, right? When you have all the societal pressures that you internalize mm-hmm. into these are all the things I should do. Mm-hmm. Right now you're like you're you're down three touchdowns and you haven't even yeah. started the game. Yeah. It's it's like we our goal here at Calm the Cast is to remove that shame and blame and for you to realize you are exactly the parent you are meant to be. And you don't have to completely radically change every aspect of your life to start putting some of these ideals into practice today. And so let's talk a little bit about what connection really is. And then let's walk through um, our Calm the Chaos plan using the framework. Yeah. And I think Going through what connection really is, is going to help some of the people who, uh, you know, are not naturally like play people or like imaginative people or like even people, people, right? Like outgoing, like let's spend all the time with other humans. people. Because that's a real part of why connection is hard as well. Like one, it can be overwhelming. Two, you have differing needs. Three, you might just not be a very play-based person. And so, you know, for me as an early childhood educator, play comes naturally to me. But for you, it doesn't necessarily come naturally to sit and play with trucks or when our kids were little or to play with dolls. Whereas like our, our babysitter is incredible. I mean, she has like different voices and she comes up with her own craft. There was a whole like Russian syndicate that was happening with the LOLs. I mean, it was, it was, it was was pretty so elaborate and so intricate and not everyone thinks that way. And so, and then somehow again, we're left to believe that we must not be good parents if we are not super playful like that. Sure. So, so let's talk about what, what it is. What it is. Okay. So to me, connection is a feeling of belonging and a feeling of acceptance and a feeling of affirming who I am. And and really, it's that feeling of safety and belonging. And then it's also, it's this, I think it comes down to it's a feeling. Connection is a feeling of being surrounded by people who love you, who accept you for who you are, not necessarily I'm connected because I did 10 things with other people today. So obviously it's some time spent together, but it's more about how I leave feeling versus how much time I get with you. Yeah. And as you're saying that, it really reminds me of that Maya Angelou quote, Mm. right? They don't remember what you do, but they remember how How they make make you feel, feel. you know, Mm -hmm. I probably butchered that, Uh, (laughs) but it's really powerful. It's really like a lot of people reference it, but good because it's important. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I also think it's the way that you talk to someone. I think that someone can feel very connected and very safe in your world when 
you're using language that isn't abrasive or that is affirming to who they are, that is, um, that isn't nagging or pushy, but instead it's just, you're, you're talking to them. You, you say this in so many episodes, but you're talking to them like humans, not like they're beneath you. Sure. Um, that makes me think of times where like, I'll be annoyed at the kids or like, you know, just mad about something or whatever. And they're, they'll try to interact with me. And I don't say a single thing that is out of line or mean or whatever, but I'm definitely like mean mugging or short with them or, you know, just like short burst communication. Yeah. Right. And then they walk away feeling dejected. And it's like, I didn't say anything. I literally said, dupe, dupe, I think dupe. that's such a good point. I think body language um, and our nonverbal communication plays such a big role in how connected we can be or feel. And it's, it's, Sometimes we're not doing it on purpose, but we have to be more aware and more intentional on what our body language is saying, what our words are saying, what actions we're doing in all of our interactions, not just when we sit down to play with our kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's really powerful. So let's talk about a plan because here at Calm the Chaos, and if you go back to the beginning episodes, we laid out the Calm the Chaos way with our four-part framework, which is you connect, understand, empower, and the roadmap, the five-step roadmap. So we're just going to create a plan today and give you some ideas that you can use. But really, depending on where you are in that roadmap, some of these might not be possible yet, and that's okay. So um, let's talk through the you piece. What are some uh, thought swaps that parents can do if they're thinking, I don't have any time, I don't like playing, my kids don't like connecting with me, my kids don't like me, I don't like my kid. What are some thought swaps that we can swap when when connection is a challenge? Yeah, you threw like 400 examples there. I know. Uh, you know, for the time piece, uh, and this one goes for anything in life, not just connecting with your kids. Uh, you have the choice to say, you know, I don't have enough time. There's never enough time. Uh, but the truth is you have enough time for the things that matter most. Mm. So that comes down to uh, readjusting priorities, mm. uh, maybe looking at the situation from a different angle mm. uh, so that you can see what time you do have and then, you know, during that connection, be present in that moment and commit in those small time chunks that you do have yeah. so that you're maximizing what you do have. Yeah. In the book, we talk about these thought swaps and thought monsters and super swaps. And one is the always and never beast and then swapping that for fact finder Freddy. And so if you're saying I never have time or my kids always want my attention, it's never enough, then you can use fact finder Freddy and say, okay, when am I in the same room as my kid? When am I in the same location as my kid? When am I interacting with my kid? And that can be, oh, I'm in the kitchen with my kid in the mornings. I'm in the car as we drive to school. I'm in the living room with them while I'm putting away laundry. If if you have those moments, now you can focus on shifting how you interact in those very, very small moments instead of looking at this absolute as all 24 hours are completely full. Mm-hmm. 
And, uh, and I think also, you know, another one is like, it's all or nothing. And so if we look at our day and it's full of meetings and it's full of work and it's full of going to practice and it's full of dinner and homework and getting out the door and getting to bed and all the routines, then it feels like there is no time left. It really does feel that way. And I so was, I was thinking about how you just said we were like, my day is full of dinner. And then I was thinking about the hobbits and then there was like third breakfast. And oh my goodness. You breakfast. are squirrely today. <laughs> so I was just, I just wanted to envision like, a life just that was full of dinner. That was full of dinner. That's not what I meant, but I see what you're saying. I meant <laughs> it was full of all these things. And so it can well, feel like, like, there's it's all or nothing and if you're looking for a huge time chunk if you're looking for four hours to go on a family bike ride you might not find it but if you're looking for five minutes to change your interactions it's gonna be a lot easier to find that at the beginning absolutely and that's what i was really going to say was that means that it's about taking advantage of those in-between moments not the four-hour chunks where we go to the apple orchard and play football in the field. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that brings us to the second piece, which is connect. Dana here. And guess what? My book, Calm the Chaos, has officially launched. So if you enjoy the podcast and find the stuff we're sharing valuable, I'm 100% sure you're going to love the book. You can get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you use this link, you'll also get some special bonuses. So once again, the link is calmthechaosbook.com. Thanks. I hope you're enjoying the show. And so you just talked about focusing on those in-between versus planned. And we talk a lot about that inside the book. We talked about it when we talked about the ahead of the moment plan in that episode. And so what we're talking about here, when we're talking about in-between connections, we're talking about your your voice. We're talking about your body language. We're talking about a hand on the shoulder. We're talking about when you walk into your teen's room, instead of being like, oh, the dishes are still there. Instead saying, hey, buddy, I just wanted to walk in and say, I love you. Close the door. Come back another time and say, hey, I noticed that there are still dishes in your room. Do you mind cleaning them up? But really focusing on the fact that not every interaction is a request or a demand or an ask of our kids, but instead it's it's an actual quality interaction of, hey, I love you, or how are you today, or tell me about your day. And when we do that in these small moments, then our kids are going to trust us to come with us. I mean, last night, you don't even know this part yet. Oh my gosh. I won't tell the whole story, but our son went for his first um, like lake trip with his friends. He's a teenager and he comes home last night and he's super excited and he's telling me all about the things that happened. And one of the things that he ends up saying, he slips in there that they, um, flipped the golf cart. Okay. And I was like, why did pop pops not call me? And he was like, oh, we could never tell Pop Pops this. Like, we would be in so much trouble. He would have been so mad, right? But my son felt safe enough to tell me what had happened. I sure hope Pop Pops isn't listening right now. I know, Pop Pops, I'm so sorry. I doubt doubt Pop Pops is listening. (laughs) Um, And all the kids are safe. And what's so funny is he's like, well, we banned so-and-so from driving the golf cart the rest of the weekend because he didn't feel... 
he didn't he didn't trust himself to drive the golf cart. We didn't trust him because he's the one that flipped it. And we were just super careful the whole rest of the weekend. So they obviously learned their lesson. But it was like, I felt so good that he told me, but so scared. Just keep in mind, this is the child who wants to go get his license so that he can drive my actual car. I know. <laughs> I know. And I said to him, I said, you know, instead of getting on to him about how dangerous it was and, you know, you should no. have been thinking, what were you thinking? I was like, you know what, buddy? I'm, I'm really thinking. thankful. They were having fun. That you told me this because it means that you trust me and I appreciate that. And please keep bringing things to me, even if you're afraid that I might not like them, you know, and, and it opened the door. I was able to ask if there was any drinking involved or if there were any drugs or if they met up with any girls. And he was like, no, no, no. Like what a fool. He didn't meet up with He girls. was like, of course we drank. And I was like, what do you mean you drink? And he's like, we had Gatorade and we had Sprite. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Well, I'm glad we're on the same page here, you know, but that's, that was connection, even though I didn't didn't see him all weekend because he was gone. Um, but I sent, you know, you can send text to your teenagers. You yeah, can sit beside them. I think that's a really big key there, right, is you can communicate with your children via electronic communications. Yeah. Uh, and you can still have a deep, meaningful relationship. Yeah. I know most of my friendships are, you know, like computer-based or electronic-based yeah. uh, just because they're we're located all over the world. Yeah. And it's even as much as here's a really small way that you can boost your connection with your kids. When your kid walks into the room, close your computer, put down your book, put down your cooking, put down your, um, your phone, stop, turn and just say, Hey, what is it you need? That small pivot is huge for a kid for them to be like wow i'm important enough that they put down what they were doing and then on top of that one other quick tip for boosting connection is if you say hey you know what i'm really busy right now i really want to hear what you have to say in five minutes i'm going to be done cooking this or in 10 minutes this meeting's going to be over i promise we will talk then follow up on that. Like, don't forget, make a note somehow. But our kids are waiting for us to see if they can trust when we say in a minute, in a minute. If we say in a minute over and over again, but we never actually turn to our kids to hear what they have to say, they're going to stop coming to us. So I think it's super important to not always stop what we're doing, but pause for a second, get their you know, give them the the small connection and then turn back to what you're doing. And then if they know that you, they can trust for you to come back, they will wait it out. Yeah. And having integrity with what you say yeah. uh, is probably an entire podcast series, <laughs> um, but it is super important. That's yeah. a really great point. Yeah. And I think one other simple way that you can connect, even if you don't have a lot of time, is you can help your kids with their cleaning of the room. You can help them with the putting away of the laundry or with the cleaning up of the toys. Instead of just saying, it's time to clean up, I'm going to go work in the kitchen. You can work with them and that can be really helpful as well. Yeah. And the the next point, like as we dive into like the understand piece of yeah. the framework, it almost works in conjunction with the connect piece of this yeah. puzzle. Uh is helping them understand kind of the ins and outs yeah. of 
what's going on in in their life, right? Like, hey, I noticed you were doing this. Did you ever like think if this is why you were doing this? Or like literally just give them what the steps are that you're thinking. Don't assume that they know or understand all of the steps. I think that this is what Dan Siegel calls mindsight, where you're speaking out the things you're thinking um, because our kids don't have metacognition, which is the ability to think about their thinking. So the more that we think out loud and we say the things we're doing, we say the things we're thinking, then they learn those skills along the way. I think that's what you're you're talking about yet. sure and you know like right now we are uh, a couple of days or weeks into summer break right our oldest has just graduated high school uh, his schedule varies wildly right now mm-hmm. and I have a worry right because he takes a couple of meds in the morning I have a worry of what the alternate of like taking them at nine taking them at 12 taking them at two forgetting to take them until five right like that variation what it's doing to his body uh and as i've been thinking the last couple of days i doubt he has any clue over like he's not thinking about he knows he has to take the meds because it helps him but he's not thinking about like the timing of the meds and why that's important from a physical biological standpoint. So being able to bring that up. Yeah. So it's like, I've been thinking I need to mention that to him so that he can like integrate that into his thing. And I think the other understand part of connection when you don't have time really is getting clear on what is each person's unique needs in the fact of what do they need to feel trust? What do they need to feel belonging? What do they need to feel safe, to feel heard, to feel like they are able to be who they are? And for our oldest, he needs to be able to just tell us about a TV show he's watching and us just listen. He needs that on a pretty regular basis. Our daughter needs actual physical, we need to go somewhere with her. It's it's really hard, right? Like yesterday he was like, oh man, I found the the Jackass movie and I watched it. And then he was just talking about all of like the juvenile stunts, the ridiculous stunts these guys do. And he was like, this is the best time of my entire life, right? And even when I was a teenager, I thought like that was not really the best. It wasn't my cup of tea. I knew people who thought it was yeah. amazing. There's some people that um, love that. His dad loves it, which is Sure. Sure. But like it was really hard because like not only am I like, yeah, whatever, right? But it's like actively I'm like, this is so stupid. Why would you do this? Why do you think it's funny? Like it was really hard to just listen. And I was trying so hard not to be like, mm-hmm, yeah, whatever. You know, like I was trying to ask questions and like engage in what he was saying. I just wonder, I'm going to call you out. I wonder how much your body language was speaking. Yeah, whatever. This is dumb. Like, I'm pretty sure like you don't oh, hide your was, emotions very well or your I thoughts was, very well. I didn't stop what I was doing. Yeah. Right. Because he came down and I was cleaning up yeah. the kitchen. I kept cleaning around him. Yeah. Uh, but I was still trying to like. Yeah engage with him in the conversation in so much right and the reality is like he doesn't have any of the clues that say this person's not interested in what we're saying uh, which helps me sometimes because i'm not interested in what he's saying (laughs) it's true i don't really want to talk about i know but sometimes we have to find a way to be interested in what our kids are saying yeah i'm terrible at that is what i'm saying you are i know that (laughs) <laughs> so totally cool so but for me right i didn't want to hear but, about the no this movie. is this is actually really good this is really good okay. right like i don't want to pretend this is all like powerpuff girls and we're amazing no rah, rah, we're rah, not right we're like human. i'm a totally flawed human being right yeah, in, we in are all humans. the best ways and 
I would still check the box that I have a pretty good relationship with him. It's not perfect. Yeah, We're not best friends. We're not like riding off in the sunset together. But I care. What, what dad and, and or stepdad and, and son are riding off into the sunset? Lots of. My dad is my best friend, right? Like, I know, but are you guys riding off in the sunset? All the time. Okay. All right. So, yeah, you don't even know what we do. It, we're in the sunset with the writing all the time. Oh, my goodness gracious. Okay, but this is okay. important, though. Okay. Because we still have a pretty connected relationship. He still comes to us to help him solve problems. Yes. Right? And he knows we have his back. Yes, 100%. And so, and you don't spend a million hours with him. No. Right? Like, no. And that's okay. And so I, that's kind of what we're talking about here is you don't have to spend that million hours with your kids for them to feel like you are the trusted individual. And, you know, so I think that's a really good point. And just knowing what helps him feel connected, like for him, when you help him find a, a game or you help him set up his electronics, when you ask him to help you fix something sure those things he's like oh i'm needed i'm wanted i am valued that even just asking him we know he's going to say no to going to dinner with us almost every single time because he doesn't like being in public but we ask every time hey we're going to dinner would you like to go with us like we were going to go to the pool yesterday and we're like hey we might go to the pool today would you like to go and he was like no and i was like okay just thought i'd ask you know like obviously he didn't want to go to the pool and I'm not asking him to make him feel guilty that he's not going. I'm asking him so that he can know that he's included in our thoughts and in our plan. Well, sure, and giving him the choice empowers him. Yeah. And even saying, like, since you're not going to go to the pool, do you want to... I have time right now to watch a TV show with you. Do you want to watch something? And that being something that we can do as an alternative. All right, so we've really kind of dove deep into understand, and we've kind of started moving into this empower piece. And the empower piece really is just creating a plan where you're being intentional about your connection. And depending on where you are in your relationship with your child, this might be that you... Um, create a, a brainstorm of ways that they like to feel connected, things that help them feel connected, ways that they like to feel seen and heard. And, you know, it could also be with younger children, it could be creating a plan that we call like a play beside plan. If you know that you have time that you've got to work in the kitchen or in the living room, and then they're playing beside you and you're kind of parallel working, that can also be a way to feel connected. Yeah. And, you know, as we're talking about this, right, we, we sort of like went over the framework. It reminds me of uh, a pair of kiddos in our program. Um, I, I don't want to use their names because they're, yeah, yeah. they're kids and, you know, all that good jazz. So uh, there was a girl child, the older sibling, who... Um, I think it was like early teens when mom was going through uh, our course mm -hmm. and they would listen in the car, like on the way mm. to school and after, you know, on the way home. I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And what ended up happening is like the mom joined for the, the younger sibling, mm -hmm. the boy, mm -hmm. and 
uh, during like the listening of all this, it was kind of like, Hey man, I think this is like, this is me. Like you're describing me. And uh, she really connected to the framework and learned a ton about connecting in the moment with her sibling, Mm -hmm. right? And the sibling did struggle and he was, you know... I mean, they couldn't be left in the same room together before this. And then, you know, a couple of months later and the mom and dad had to leave the house for something and she was older, she was like 16, so she could watch the the younger brother. And she helped him clean and organize his room so that it worked for his brain. And then I actually just talked to this parent recently. The girl's off to college. The son is, the boy is in high school. And they talk on a regular basis on the phone now. And she walked the brother through ways to navigate like friendships and teachers at school. I mean, it's really, really phenomenal. What I was thinking is just, she really found the power of in between moments Yeah. because when she was focusing on all the negativity and all the struggles that he had and kind of internalizing and personalizing them and taking them personally, it was very hard to connect with him. Yeah when she was able to flip that and look for those small in-between moments and and focus on those, it radically transformed their entire relationship. It did. And it makes me think of, you know, the other thing that people will say is, well, I'm finding what, trying to find ways to connect with my kid, but they don't want to have anything to do with it, especially teenagers, right? My kid doesn't want me Mm -hmm. to talk to them. My kid gets triggered when I talk to them. And that's probably because of the history you have with them, honestly, and the experiences they've had up till now. And so they're expecting you to nag, to request, to ask something. So instead, it makes me think of one of our amazing students who has teenagers, and she really had to focus on this connection piece because she found herself nagging constantly about homework, about about the room being clean, about their schoolwork, about their appearance, what they were wearing, what they weren't wearing, what they were doing to their hair, what they were doing with their piercings, like all these things. And they had to really actively swap from, I'm going to nag to, I'm just going to notice things about you. I'm going to, I'm going to talk with you. I'm just going to say hi. I'm just going to be there with you. I'm just going to listen, actively listen to you. And I'm going to swap my frustration towards, you're not who I thought I'd have as a teenager to, I'm just going to accept you. This is who you are. You're your own person. And as a teenager, I can't change that. Like you're at this point, it's about helping you love yourself and helping you know that you are loved here in this family. And that made a huge difference. We, you know, her son was struggling in school. He wasn't turning in work. He wasn't going to school. Like there were so many different things here and he was failing all his classes. And he ended up because of this connection, working with mom, finding a way to graduate early from, um, you know, like an online program. And then he ended up traveling Europe all by himself and being super independent and getting his first job. And, and he's doing wonderfully now. And now she's going through the same thing with her 16 year old and her daughter. And she's just saying, okay, I've done this before. I can do it again. It's all about building those in-between moments, that trust and that the relationship, that communication and that acceptance, it's not about how much time we spend together. And I think that is the big takeaway that I want people to get from this one is it's about how you make your kids feel versus how much time you spend with your kids. 
Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking like we're we should wrap up here. Yeah. Like we're getting towards the end of the thing. I was like, what's your number one takeaway? And then you just Yeah, that was the number one takeaway. And you know, we've been trying to in the last couple of episodes leave them with one tiny baby step that's actionable that they can take away and start doing right now. What is that one action step you think they could do based on everything we've talked about today? Oh man, I did, my brain is blank. Okay. I have like a thousand things in my brain I yeah. could be thinking. I think it's is there, just, is there something that you were Yeah, I, I just think make a commitment right now to when this podcast stops, one, be sure to like and subscribe and be sure to follow and review. <laughs> not do that. Tiny step. That Come is, on. that is, that is a tiny step. And then after you do that, go and connect with your kid. Now, that does not mean get out Monopoly. That does not mean make dinner for them. Just what is one small interaction you can do with your kid? Um, A gesture. Call them a chicken nugget. You can call them a chicken nugget. That's a whole nother story. We're not going on that tangent. Um, No, you can, you know, what is one small way you can help your child feel heard, seen, and valued today? That is your next step. And um, over the next couple of episodes, we are going to be talking about some of the, um, I'm kind of excited about our next episode. We're going to be talking about the different types of behavior and, um, and swapping, seeing it as a challenge and seeing it as a struggle to seeing it as a superpower. And it's one of my favorite things to talk about. So be sure to check back next week for this amazing episode and we will see you next time. Don't forget you have got this. Oh, and before I go, one quick note for all of you who are enjoying the podcast. My new book is officially live and I know you're going to love it. So just a quick reminder, you can go get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com. And if you do, you'll get some cool bonuses as well. Once again, get your copy at calmthechaosbook.com and I'll see you next week.